Welcome to this issue of the podcast. My name is Richard Smith. You can find out more about me over at therichardsmith.com. Today, I'm going to have a coffee with you and I'm going to talk about the issue of the GDPR or the General Data Protection Regulations. It's not my normal topic, but I... To say I'm annoyed with a lot of the stuff I'm reading and hearing is is a bloody understatement. As you know, I do tend to swear from time to time, and I don't think today's going to be any different. So yesterday, I took up the option to go to a presentation put on by one of the UK business networks about GDPR, the General Data Protection Regulation, which is the new European legislation coming in in order to make sure that us small business owners manage our data and our client data properly. As some of you know, my, my background and history is, is within financial services, which is heavily regulated and profoundly driven by rules. And it's something I get and I fully understand. But it, And that also that allows me to spot the utter fucking rubbish when I see and hear it. The bad guys are out there. And, and the bad guys are the reasons that we have these changing rules all of the time. Believe it or not, the UK government doesn't want to punish all of us small business owners, but it does want to protect consumers. And the problem we have with the protection of consumers, with particularly in relation to the loss of data, the bad guys are using this data to manipulate and to commit fraud and other crimes, which is why we have the rules and regulations. But I can absolutely assure you the reason these rules are being implemented now it's not to not to punish the smaller micro businesses. It really is to make sure that the bigger businesses that have really paid lip service to this data protection stuff for many years are, are properly dealt with. As you know, we've had major breaches of data with the likes of Talk Talk and, and Experian and a few of the others that have all been hacked with data robbed. And these big companies have seen have been seen to, to get away with it. And the the EU has said rightly so. Fucking that's it. We've had enough. We're not playing this game anymore. But it is going to have an impact on you as a small business owner. But the reason I went to this presentation was I had to find out a bit more about it for my own client stuff, for the stuff I'm doing with clients, but also to try and sort of point you as a small business owner in, in the right direction. And I, I'll be honest with you, I was fucking disappointed with, with what I heard. Uh, and, uh, But anyway, let, let, me, let me go on. So the... The, the changes that the GDPR brings for small businesses, on one hand, going to be profound, but it seems so on the face of it. And if you believe the hype delivered by the consultancy firm that I, I went to speak to hear speak last night, I'd be crying in my beer and bloody depressed. But I think that, that's not the case. That's not where it needs to be. And the whole thing was presented in a very slanted way, and it's my view that they they uh, they are being deceitful. I'm not going to name the firm, but I. But basically, they're telling massive fucking porcupines about uh, how the data protection body is funded, the impact of fines, and, and spreading mistruths about the way other regulators operate. Importantly, the whole presentation was focused on the possible issue of fines and threats to your business. The threats to your businesses, instead of delivering the facts about your options as a small business owner. The fact is, the fact of the matter is, is that GDPR, these whole regulations, are designed to hold large businesses to account and not necessarily to punish small firms. But unfortunately, small firms are going to be caught up in this, and for good reason. There have been a number of large-scale attempts to steal consumer data and use this for crime, and, 
that that isn't going to go away, which is why it's important that small businesses that, that own and manipulate data are brought into this legislation, although not necessarily facing the same issue that the larger firms have. But there's, there's clear evidence that, that consumers have been affected financially because of this loss of data. And from your point of view, if you, if you lose your client's data and that data is then used to extort money from a third party, you the business owner, the data controller if you like, is responsible for your customer's losses and you're forced to notify those customers of any breach and to give them some options. None of this is new. This has been around for, for a long while. But GDP, GDPR... That's such an anachronism, isn't it? It's far-reaching, but it covers paper as well as digital records. The bottom line is, if you're holding and sharing your customer data, you need to make it clear via a policy document why you're holding that data and what you do with it. Now, we all know as consumers that businesses we work with have some of our information on file. That Some of that is highly personal, others not so. But... You've also got a legal obligation to, to, to hold some of that data you have as a business. For example, you know transactions and invoices, information because of revenue guidelines along with VAT, uh, and information for things like warranty and servicing. So you need to hold some information. And the presentation I heard last night seemed to indicate there was a conflict between what the G GDPR wanted and the rights of your customer to have their data protected and forgotten, and the law. There is no conflict in this. The law is the law. Uh, and as a business owner, you need to be open about what data you store, how you store it, and why, and then document that. The documenting it is the thing that the GDPR is asking you to do. This doesn't need to be complicated. This can be quite straightforward. You need to just note down the kind of data you're, you're holding and why you're holding it. And, you know, if you've got any sense, you won't store credit card details on file and you'll use a payment processor that handles the confidential information uh, for you on, on their server. You know, if you don't have the data stored, then you can't lose it. So, and there are plenty of payment processes out there that will deal with that for you. So, this isn't a this isn't a, 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 a prohibition against doing against e-commerce. It's just a question of doing e-commerce in a slightly different way, rather than you holding your credit card details on file like Amazon do. Then that will be stored, you know, the service provider. So you have no responsibility for it. It will get out of jail, but just a little tweak to the to the process and a little tweak to the systems. But more importantly, that you know, if you're collecting other personal information that you may may share for for delivery purposes, you know, it's pretty easy to solve in the in terms of the data protection processing. Provided you tell your client you're going to be sending their details on to a courier company, what why would that not be acceptable? Uh, if they want the bloody thing delivered, then you know you're using a third party for delivery. Then it's fair enough to say you know that you're doing that, providing you tell your client in advance, and that could be in an email that can be automated. There's nothing to stop you doing that. All you then need to do, of course, is to make sure that your you know your courier complies, which is you know this is about a system. It's about a process. It's not about making business overly difficult. But it's little things like if you're using an overseas web server to host your website, then you may want to consider that, you know, bringing that in-house, bringing that onto your own server, which is, you know, controlled in the UK or Europe. If you're running email software or CRM software to make sure that's hosted locally or hosted in the UK, that you've got control of as a data controller rather than relying on a web designer or a third party. And I do a lot of this stuff, making sure that you as an individual individual business owner, control your own data, control your own website, control your own domains. That's going to be vitally important looking forward because of the GDPR. But this also makes bloody brilliant business sense. 
to be in charge of your own stuff is vital important. Using encryption for your files, making sure that access is limited. Well, if you're not using encryption, you're stupid. Encryption basically, you know, obfuscates data you've got on your systems. And that could be bank statements, bank details, credit card details, client stuff, staff member stuff, tax information, stuff that you want to keep private. The stuff you'd normally keep in a locked drawer at home needs to be kept in a locked folder on your, on your hard drive, on, on your office computer, and backed up securely. So, so this whole GDPR stuff isn't complicated. It, it's make, it should be basic common sense. You wouldn't post, you know, uh, uh, your your tax return up in the window of your office. You'd put it in a drawer and you'd probably lock that door, drawer. Well, that's exactly the same as you know personal information for you and your clients. So, and these so these are all these are all available with Windows and, and Mac software. This isn't complicated. This isn't stuff you need to be overly concerned about. I have to go and spend you know millions of pounds on consultancy. You've already got it. You just need to know how. Using two-factor authentication solves the problem. Having that extra thing, something you, something you know, something you and something you, something you, something you have and something you know. Two-factor authentication for access to email accounts, for for uh, online servers, for payment processing makes perfect sense. It's really simple to lock out people, even if they get the you know the the, the login details and the password. If they haven't got the two-factor option, then it's going to be very difficult for them to for the bad guys to get into your into your systems. But you know, going back to GDPR, you need to be prepared to pro provide your customers the, the, the information that you hold on them. If you're using some form of accounting package or customer management system, this is relatively easy to do. If, you, if you've got customer data in your systems and the customer says, you know, I want to, there's an information request about the data you hold, you should be able to do a couple of screen dumps, print off some stuff and say, there you go. That's what we hold on you. Um, and providing you've got a system for that, you haven't got anything to fear about. GDPR. But the main thing about GDPR, which is perhaps going to be missing for most of you, is this issue about documenting real practices. Why you're holding client data, how you're holding it, and how long you're holding it for. Um, confirmation that data is not sold or loaned or shared, and making sure that your data is secured correctly. Most of this you should be currently doing. If you're not, it's good business practice to be doing it. Fact is, most small businesses don't survive a loss of data. Most small businesses don't have a written policy on data protection or management, and this does not have to be onerous. You can use PCI-compliant web services, you can use encryption for your data, you can hold your client in a safe way. You must be prepared to stop breaches of data, tell your clients you have one, and give the customers the information you hold on them on their request. This is nothing complicated. The snake oil salesman, the GDPR consultant, are trying to scare the shit out of one-man bands and will take money off you for no real reason and offer little in return. This is the real crime of GDPR, not the legislation that's coming. GDPR is good business practice. By implementing it, it will make you think more about your business processes, your systems, and will make you care more about your customers, perhaps even make contact with them to explain how you're approaching things and how you make it better for them. And yes... You will need to register with the ICO, and yes, you can take a test online to see if you need to comply with some of the rules. But you don't have to tie yourself in knots over it. As a small business, the cost of compliance should be very small, but it will make a world of difference to how you run your business, and that's a good thing. So, on the show notes, I've listed a handful of websites that you should visit, look up, read, and understand. 
once you've gone through some of the questionnaires and gone through some of the information, you'll see that actually complying with GDPR is not actually that complicated. You certainly don't need to have specialist consultancy if you're a small or medium-sized firm, certainly not if you're a one-man band or a sole trader. But you do need to comply with it and understand how the compliance regime is going to work. And this is quite simply, you know, straightforward one-page or two-page process document that needs to be created. As I keep saying, go through the notes. If you've got any questions or queries, then get in touch with me. Anyway, uh, thanks very much for listening to the podcast. Sorry it's been a bit of a rant. And um, get in touch if I can help you anymore. Mm-hmm.